What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. Immac Sports. Immaculate. Either one. Either one. No, it's not, it's not either one. It's Immaculate it's, for those two. It's episode 104, though. So you know what that means. It's the Football full time. NFL season preview. Going through it all. Records, playoffs, awards. It's going to be a long one and a fun one. Yeah, it's, it's going to be definitely one of our longer episodes. So it's a marathon for me and Skyler here, but it's one of the episodes that we've been looking forward to for over a couple months now at this point. Uh, every team's record we'll dive into, all the awards, every playoff game we'll dive into. Uh, and let's waste no time. Let's get into our opener now. Yeah. Skyler, what do you have uh, for the best thing that you saw this past week? Some college football. The only game on Sunday that was Division One. Florida State beats LSU. Jaden Daniels, new LSU quarterback, gets the ball back on the one-yard line. They go 99 yards but miss the extra point, lose by one. Great game. Yeah, as far as my opener goes, uh, it's not going to be that same game because I had money on LSU. Or, and uh, with how that game went, LSU did everything they possibly could to lose. But I'm going to talk about Ken Waldachuk and Adrian Martinez, A's rookies, looking good in their starts this past week. Ken Waldachuk made his highly anticipated MLB debut last Thursday against the Nationals where he went four and two-thirds, only gave up five hits, only gave up one run. Did have four walks, but also had six strikeouts in that game. Uh, he's also about to start pitching against the Braves here in about 30 minutes or so. Uh, and then Adrian Martinez, uh, who has a super good changeup. Uh, one of the pieces that the A's got back in the Sean Mania trade earlier this year. Pitched six innings, only gave up three hits, zero runs, two walks, four strikeouts against uh, a pretty good team in the Orioles as well. And helped the A's at least salvage one game in that series over the weekend there. Uh, so whenever you get those young guys coming up, I know it's a pretty easy spot to pitch in Oakland, but whenever you have young guys coming up and they're doing good, it's always fun to watch. Let's go ahead and move on now to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. And there's one guy's performance in the MLB this past week that we just cannot ignore, and that is Bo Bichette, who went 16 for 27 in the past six games. Five homers. That includes a three-homer game against the Orioles on Monday. Uh, and then 14 RBIs in that span as well. So Bo Bichette, 593 average with an OPS just shy of 1.9. So pretty good there for Bo. Uh, this is going to be the last week that we probably give it to an MLB player for a little while. So uh, yeah. Look forward to maybe the votes coming back on our Twitter to to vote for the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. I know we haven't done that in a little while, but I assume that probably will end up being back next week. Let's go ahead and get the team reports now, Skyler. Anything going on with the Jetropolitans as they prepare for week one against the Ravens? Yeah, a couple of interesting things happened this weekend on Twitter with the Jets. Some writers that no one's ever heard of, but... I guess are verified had been saying that Zach Wilson will be playing in week one. But today we find out from Robert Sala, he's out until at least week four. So it was either smokescreen or BS or 
Uh, either way, Harbaugh from the Ravens was not surprised by it. So that is unfortunate. We're going to get Flacco for at least three games. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of what we expected, uh, at least. We, I think we all kind of knew he wasn't going to play week one, but the first three games is probably the safest measure that the Jets can take. Obviously, you don't want your you're not rookie QB, but second year QB just being out for all the season because he rushed him back a little bit too this early. Is true. And he we really have done that before. Any. Yeah. So you got to be smart with it. And I think that's probably the right thing for the Jets to do, especially with them knowing that this team this year is in, probably going to be in contention for a playoff spot. Uh, as far as the Raiders go, can't really think about anything too crazy within this past week for us as we prepare for week one against the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, J.C. Jackson for the Chargers, highly touted corner, is likely going to be out for that game. Uh, he got some knee surgery, maybe it's an ankle surgery, uh, a couple weeks ago, but it was just a scope. And uh, I mean, he's not going to be out for long, but out for week one, most likely. Uh, but I'd say probably the biggest news for the Raiders would be uh, contract extension talks with Darren Waller continuing. They expect to possibly get something done by the end of the week here, which would be really good to see. Uh, because Darren Waller's one of the best tight ends in the league, and he's criminally underpaid because the Raiders got such a good deal on him uh, once they saw his breakout a, a few years back. But, uh, yeah, he's going to cash out pretty soon, and that's good for him. Let's go ahead and move on to the spotlight now. Tell me about what Luca was doing in Eurobasket. I don't know if that's a league or some qualifiers for some cup or something like that, but tell me what Luca was doing because I saw that he went off. Yeah, Luca's been tearing it up in the Eurobasket tournament. It's uh, pretty much Olympic teams. I don't know if it does qualify or not, but he's having a great time. He dropped 47 points this morning. That's the most ever in the tournament's history. And that was after getting his head cut open at halftime and getting stitches. So uh, Luca, we know, is a baller, but he does it even outside of the NBA. Yeah, dude's a stud. Did get posted by Rudy Gobert there, so got to mention that. I want to talk about the Donovan Mitchell trade because that was probably the biggest NBA news that we got in this past week. And even though we're not going to talk about it on the show, I felt like we should probably mention it at least at some point. And so Donovan Mitchell is going to the Cavaliers for Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Aji. Yeah, it's a tough name to say. I'm sorry about that. And then three unprotected first-round picks and two pick swaps going back to Utah. Uh, a lot of people all talking about how good the Cavs are going to be, and reasonably so. I mean, they got a really good roster. It's going to be Garland, Mitchell, Allen, Mobley, as well as all these other pieces that they have on their squad. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk of this. Does this make the Cavs a legitimate contender in the league? Does this put them over the Sixers or the Nets or anything like that? And I'm not going to go that far yet. I think this team's probably the fourth or fifth best team in the East, uh, but now has a chance to be one of those really good regular season teams, in my opinion, where like the Jazz were the past couple of years, where they can even pull off a one seed, but I don't think that team is really built for the playoffs quite yet with their lack of inexperience late in, in those later rounds. Sure. Let's move on to A's talk now. A couple interesting developments uh, for the A's this past week, one of them being... James Caprillion warming up in the bullpen on Sunday against the Orioles. Kotze was asked about this after the game on 
Sunday, and he said that Caprillion's going to be moving to the bullpen for a short amount of time. We don't know how that's going to really work out, uh, but I remember Dallas and Kype on the broadcast talking about how this could be something that's really good for James Caprillion because he's been up to 97, 98 early in the games and then fallen down to 94, 95, 92 sometimes as well uh, later in his outings. Uh, but if you're coming in for one inning or two, you're going to be probably just posting 98, 99 for James Caprillion. That could be something that really uh, plays well for him in the back of a bullpen. Do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea for the A's? Like you were, yeah, uh, like you were saying, uh, obviously falling off later in the innings, pretty obvious this year. Um, and, I, you know, I think this says a lot about us trying to keep some of the young pitchers or trying to figure out which one of these young pitchers is going to stick around and start for us next year. Uh, Cause we have a lot of them. It's kind of an audition for the next month for all these guys, Martinez, Waldachuk, JP Sears. So, you know, maybe it could be a win-win here. We move him to the bullpen. He could be better there and we have a better starter. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good idea to just experiment with things right now. Uh, Team's not going anywhere. It's not going to, I mean, they might get traded, but they're, they're not going anywhere as far as the playoffs go right now. And so it's good to try new things out. And I know Caprillian's probably not going to be super happy about this, but you got to give it a shot, right? Uh, however, with Adam Waller going on the IL yesterday, uh, there's probably going to be a chance that he just comes back into the rotation at this point. I mean, that's one of the, the roster spots that they wanted to use for a rotation spot was Adam Waller. And now that he's hurt, maybe just put Cap right back in it. So we'll see how that ends up going. Other thing that we want to talk about before we get into football, and I promise you this will be the last thing that we talk about before we get into all that stuff. So hold your horses here for another minute or so. Uh, But Jordan Diaz, uh, the number eight prospect for the A's right now, just got called up to AAA a couple weeks ago now at this point, and he has been tearing it up. He's 22 years old. He is a third base, first base DH type guy. Uh, and in his first 72 plate appearances with the Las Vegas Aviators, he has a 368 batting average, an OBP of 403, and a slugging percentage of 559. Of uh, two homers, only three walks in those 72 plate appearances, and only nine strikeouts as well. Uh, and that was going into yesterday. So I didn't have his stats from last night. But when I checked this morning of what he did yesterday, he went three for five with two RBIs as well. So this dude's turning it up in AAA right now. Do you think Jordan Diaz, a riser in the A system, has a chance to make the opening day squad in 2023? Right now, there's no guarantee starting spots in the infield other than catcher, of course. So I'm going to say, of course, he should make it, uh, you know, uh, unless... For whatever reason, we really want Gayloff up or Jonah Bride starting instead of him. Uh, it should be Diaz's spot, third base. Yeah, Diaz probably should be up for the squad. Uh, the only thing that really holds back, perhaps, is if we don't trade Murphy in the offseason and then we have that Shea-Murphy duo still yeah. where it's kind of this awkward and you have to put somebody. You want both of those guys in the lineup every single day. But you can't have two catchers, and they're both just catchers right now. So you got to put one of them at DH, and that would kind of stall Diaz's development into the big leagues because he doesn't really have a true home out of position. Uh, And I think the A's would long-term want to play him at DH uh, and, I mean, ideally turn him into a Jordan Alvarez-type dude where he's DH in every single day, and that's all you really have to do with him. 
if he has any production close to what Jordan Alvarez does, then it, we're obviously lucking out at that point. Yes. But uh, this dude rakes. And when you have a guy that can hit over 300, has some pop, and has good discipline and doesn't strike out a lot, you got to get up in the big leagues. And I think he's going to get a real shot next year in spring training. He's on the 40-man right now, uh, and he should be on the big league roster come 2023 opening day. Let's do it, Skyler. Yeah. It's time for team records. We're going team by team. We'll start off in the AFC, and we'll go east, north, south, west. That right. sound good? All right. Who is finishing in last place in the AFC East, Skyler? Yeah, it sucks to do it once again, but it's the Jets. Uh, they're just not quite on the Patriots or Dolphins level here. I don't have them getting a win in the division, which sucks, but it hasn't happened for years now. So I don't see anything that will make me change my mind. Uh, the roster got even younger than last year, so we just got to be patient, I guess. Wait for next year. Yeah. I went with 5-12 and 12 for the Jets and getting that fourth spot. Two, uh, they do have one divisional win. In my opinion, I think that they're going to beat the, the Patriots at home. I know they have historically so. struggled against the Patriots, but the Patriots are not looking good this year. And so I have the Jets beating them once there, and then the rest of the the wins uh, are outside of the division, of course. Uh, but 5-12 and 12 for the Jets, last place in the East. On to third place. Third place, I have the Patriots at 8-9. and nine. I think they'll be fine in the division, but outside of the division struggle, uh, especially against the teams that are going to be throwing on them, they're missing uh, some pieces from the defense. Some pieces from the defense are older. I don't trust Mac Jones, eight and nine. I have the Patriots as well at third place. I have them going seven and 10. So a little bit worse than Skyler does. I think the biggest thing with the Patriots is that they, they just have no weapons. Uh, however, I think Bill Belichick's coaching scheme and their defense will hold them up enough against those bad teams where they're not going to be a five win team or anything like that. I have them going four and three against losing record teams, but three and seven against winning record teams. Uh, and that gives us a total of seven and 10, only one win in the division. And that is mm-hmm. against the jets, uh, on to the second place team in the East. Miami Dolphins, nine and eight. I think it's a very similar story to the Patriots, except they have weapons. So they're going to, you know, they're not going to play the Bills as tough as I think the Patriots could, but very similar story here. Uh, I I don't trust Tua. I'm sorry. This is one of my sleeper teams. I have the Dolphins obviously finishing in second. I think regardless of how good they can be, their ceiling is not higher than the Bills. Uh, I have them going 12 and five though, and catching the five spot in the AFC this year. Uh, I really like Mike McDaniel. I think he's going to be just as good as Kyle Shanahan in the way that you can get your offense into advantageous situations as often as possible. And with the guys that they have on that offense, Hill, Waddle, the bundle of running backs, Gasecki, uh, and I know two isn't that good, but He's going to do everything in his power to make sure Tua isn't uncomfortable in that offense. And their defense is solid as well. It's nothing crazy, but Miami's been great at forcing turnovers in these past few years. And I think that's something that would play perfectly into their scheme. And I have them going 12 and five, grabbing that five spot in the AFC. 
Uh, and then the division winner, Bill Skyler, what's your record prediction for them and how do you think their season's going to go? Yeah, 15-2 and two for the Bills. I have that as uh, the best record in the NFL, 8-0 and oh against losing teams. Uh, I think this is really their year to blow. I know. Yeah. Uh, I have the, yeah, I have the Bills at 13-4. and four. They are my two seed in the AFC. This team is really, really complete. They have a great offense, a great defense, uh, and 13 and four is, is a great record. I just have them losing, uh, on Thursday, actually. I have them losing in Kansas City. I have them losing against Miami for a game, and I also have them losing against Cincinnati, uh, in Cincinnati. So all pretty four tough games there. Let's go on to the AFC North now. Skyler, who's your last place finish in the AFC North? Last place in the AFC North is the Browns. Uh, they don't get Deshaun Watson until week 12, and uh, that's going to just hurt too much. I think they'll have a, a fine second half of the season, but it's just too late, 6-11. and 11. Yeah. I, I have them going 7-10. and 10. That's the Browns, and I have them also finishing in the last place. Uh, I Just the stuff that they're going to suffer in the first 12 weeks or 11 weeks to the season is going to be too much for them to actually overcome. And uh, I have them once Deshaun comes back, I have them going see three and two in those games. Cause there's some still tough games in that stretch, but only winning four games in your first 11 weeks is not going to get the job done for you. So I have them going seven and 10. Uh, how about third place? Third place. I have the Steelers a game above Cleveland here at seven and 10. Uh, I think whoever's playing quarterback is going to play it safe and just let the defense and Najee, take care of it and it should be fine for half of the season. And then when you get into the cold weather games and you can't throw, it'll hurt them. Yeah. Uh, I also have the Steelers in third place and I have them going seven and 10, same as the Browns. They are a very weird team because if they had a good quarterback, this team would be an AFC title contender. They have a good defense. They have some great weapons. Just the quarterback is the only thing that's lacking and uh, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to make the playoffs. So it's that simple. Steelers go seven and ten, uh, two and seven on the road, and uh, get that third spot in the AFC North. On to the second spot, Skyler. Who is it? Got the Ravens at nine and eight, not making the playoffs. I think they're just uh, an average team this year, and it's really weird because I feel like the rest of the team is a year or two away because they're young. But you have Lamar Jackson, who wants to get paid now or he's leaving. So there's something to keep an eye on this year. Uh, if Lamar Jackson's gone, it may be a, a big rebuild in Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore's a weird squad. I also have them finishing second in the division at 10-7, and seven, and they are the eighth seed in the AFC, so that makes them fall out of the playoffs by one spot. They're just the odd team out in my scenario here. I don't They're I think this team too. is good and they just something about them just doesn't get to their full potential or their schedule is tough or whatever it is. They're just not going to win as many games as what I think they possibly could. I think they're going to be good teams. I think they're going to be a lot of good teams, but I also think they're going to lose to some bad teams. So, I mean, it, it's probably the toughest team to predict in the entire AFC maybe maybe the teams in the west are a little bit tougher but the Ravens 10 and 7 uh, and then the Bengals me and Skyler both have them winning the division what is your record prediction for them Skyler 10 and 7 
they're going to have a, a fun time playing against their division. But after that, it's going to be rough. I have them, um, I think it was three and five against winning teams this year. So uh, I really don't expect uh, a crazy resurgence in the offense. I think they're going to be pretty similar to what we saw last year. I think the Bengals are going to ride the Super Bowl high and go 13 and four and claim the number one seed in the AFC. They're playing in one of the weaker divisions in the league. And I, they address the one need that they had. And that's the offensive line. Their defense is solid. Their line's now solid. Their weapons are dangerous. They have a great running back. And of course they have a great quarterback as well. And Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow. He is amazing. And, uh, He's going to lead them to the number one spot in the AFC at 13 and four this year. Let's go to the South, arguably the probably the worst division in all of football. Yes. Uh, Texans finishing last for you. Yeah. Two and 15. Uh, not a lot of bright spots on the schedule here. Let's see what I have them doing. Uh, I've been beating Washington at home and the Colts in week 18. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have the Texans at one and sixteen. Their one win comes in week seventeen against the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. <laughs> uh this team's just they're they're nowhere close. And I think that's pretty obvious. Let's go to number three in the division. Is it Jacksonville? Should be Jacksonville. Yes, Jacksonville at five and twelve. Uh they're gonna go three and three in their division, but struggle heavily outside uh, they spent a lot of money but it's just not good enough yet yeah i think jacksonville is going to make some improvements this year but they're still not going to be anywhere close to good i have them going five and twelve uh and struggling early in the season and then uh, at that point you really just can't make it up and, and uh five and twelve i think trevor lawrence is going to progress nicely though and uh maybe not be the generational talent that we thought he was going to be but i think he still ends up being a pro bowl talent at some point in his career Number three in the division. Who do you got here, Skyler? Number two in the division. Yeah, number two. Uh, The Titans here at seven and ten. I think we're going to see Malik Willis at some point this year, and it's not going to be a great team. But uh, I'll explain more when I when I say the first team's record. The Colts. Yeah, we know who it is. Uh, I have the Colts going eight and nine and finishing in second place. Something about this team just doesn't have the drive for me. And I think that that collapse of last year and the rest of the AFC getting so much better. And even though they brought him Matt Ryan, I don't think it's going to do enough for them. I think the rest of the AFC got so much better. And uh, just like the Ravens are kind of the odd team out here. Yeah. For, for most of the reasons you said, I have the Colts also at eight and nine, but they win the division here. Uh, I really don't know how else to explain it. I, I trust Matt Ryan a little more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, uh, number one spot for me in the division and the fourth spot in the AFC. So the worst division winner is the Titans. I, I have them going nine and eight. This team got worse from last year. They got rid of AJ Brown. I mean, Julio wasn't really a big part, but he's now gone as well. They did bring in Robert Woods and drafted Traylon Burks, but it's it's not the same as that Corey Davis, A.J. Brown duo that they had a couple years back. Derrick Henry's still there, so let's not 
forget to mention him. And their defense is pretty solid too, but they just lost Harold Landry to a torn ACL last week. Uh, and so I have them finishing eight and nine or not eight and nine, nine and eight, beating up on the division pretty well and getting in as that worst division winner at the four spots. Let's move on to probably the most competitive division in all of football, the AFC West. Uh, it's going to be interesting predicting for me mm-hmm. because I do have a bit of a bias here, uh, but I'm curious on to see how yours went together. Who is your four seed in the AFC West? My four seed is also the seven seed here with the Broncos at 10 and seven, getting that last playoff spot. Uh, I do think they are the worst team in this division, but Still getting 10 wins. Obviously, I have some trust in Russell Wilson. Yeah, I have this team going 8-9. and nine. Uh, I think they are going to be a solid team. I think every team in this division is really solid. But when you're playing six games against the other three teams in this division, you're bound to lose some. I think the Broncos are also going to be bound to lose some games against some other teams as well outside of the division. Uh, but 8-9... and nine, I just don't have a lot of trust in... Uh, People think that their defense is automatically going to be the best in the league or one of the best in the leagues, but they just lost like one of the best defensive coordinator head coaches in the league in Vic Fangio. And they replaced him with the first time head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I think the offense will be solid. The defense will step down, but still be solid. However, when you're going against these offenses, you're still going to be giving up a ton of points per game. Uh, and I have a missing playoffs at the nine seed, eight and nine. Moving on to the three seeds together. Who do you got here? Got the Chargers here at 11 and 6. They get the next wild card spot. Obviously, if you've been following along with me, every wild card spot is from this division. So the Chargers, 11 wins. They'll be solid. They're going to make the playoffs. Just depends what, where you have them, right? Yeah. Kansas City is my three spot here. I have them going 11 and 6. So still a pretty solid record. I think they just have a little bit harder schedule than the other two teams that. Uh, I haven't mentioned yet, and that's because of the first-place schedule that they're going to play. They're going to have to play the Bills. They're going to have to play the Bengals. And it's going to be a little bit tougher than the other two spots. So 11-6 uh, and six for them. They still make the playoffs, get the number seven seed. Uh, and uh, let's take it to number two. All right. Number two, I have the Raiders at 12-5. and five. They're going to go 500 in the division, uh, same as the Chargers, but they're going to beat the Chargers this time in their last matchup. Um, I think this is, uh, this is their year to, to do something in the regular season and, uh, most loaded Raider team we've seen in probably 20 years. Uh, I just couldn't give them the top spot and I'll explain when we get there. That's fair. Uh, I have the chargers as the number two spot in the division at 12 and five. This team's really, really good. Uh, Super, super complete, but something always goes wrong with the Chargers. The, nothing ever like goes perfectly for them. They're going to have guys that get hurt. And I know that's such like a weird excuse to say of why they're not going to win, but it happens. It's the Chargers. And if it doesn't happen, then that's when I'll pick them eventually. So if they prove me wrong this year, then I'll pick them to win next year. Uh, but 12-5, mm-hmm. and five, still a sixth spot in the AFC. Yeah. Let's go to the division winner. Skyler, who do you got? I still got the Chiefs one game against the Raiders at 13 and four. Um, I know it's a tougher schedule technically, 
but I I like how their schedule's formatted more than the Raiders. The Raiders are playing at the Rams uh, late in the season. That's tough, you know. When uh, you know a late season Kansas City matchup, let's say, is uh, at Houston instead. I, I you know something like that uh, would give them a one game edge for sure, especially how close this uh, division's going to be. I have the Raiders winning the division at twelve and five, same record as the Chargers. Uh, but due to division tiebreakers and stuff like that, they have the edge over them. Uh, I'm hoping, man, with this team, the offense looks amazing. They should be putting up at least 30 points per game. The defense doesn't need to be crazy good. They just need to be decent or not the worst in the league. And they should win a ton of games. Uh, and the additions of Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and all those guys, but more specifically on the defense, Chandler Jones, Rocky Seen, those guys that they added in over this past year should make that unit not be the worst in the league. And that's all you need if you're the Raiders. Yeah. So that concludes the AFC predictions for team records. Let's go ahead and move on to the NFC now, starting with the NFC East. I'm guessing you got the Giants finishing last. Yeah, Giants last at four and thirteen here. I don't like Danny Dimes. I have a feeling Brian Dable doesn't either. That's why they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So we're gonna see a lot of movement from the Giants this year. Probably not good movement. I also have the Giants finishing in last, also with the four and thirteen record. This team is just not they're not good. I like Brian Dable, but the offense besides Saquon is so bad. I like Kadarius Tony, but he's still nothing special quite yet. He needs to prove us wrong for in order for me to uh, change my prediction here. Their defense isn't good either. They lost a few of their key pieces. They cut Blake Martinez. They I think they also cut James Bradbury too. Uh, and Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau aren't going to be able to carry them to any crazy record. So 4-13 and at last in division, going 0-6 in the division. On to the three spot in the division. Who you got here, Skyler? Yeah, going with Washington. They are the Commanders? They are the good, Commanders. Good, not the Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> Nine and eight. Uh, I really like Carson Wentz this year. I uh, just don't think it's enough. They're going to get the nine seed. I have the Cowboys in the three seed here, and that is a nine and eight record for them. They're just barely off. I think something with the Cowboys, their defense gave up a ton of points last year. They're going to do the exact same Uh, And their offense got a little bit worse losing Amari Cooper. And I know they added some pieces in there, uh, but their division got a lot better too. So they're not going to be as good as last year. I have a miss in the playoffs. Nine and eight gives them the nine seed in the uh, NFC on to the two seed. Uh, got Philly at 10 and seven here. They're going to get the last wild card spot. Uh, I don't have them being very great in the division, but outside they'll be fine. They've improved a whole lot. I have Washington as the two spot in the division and getting the number seven spot in the playoffs to the last spot uh, as the wild card goes 10 and seven. Commanders are a good team. I think they're pretty underrated. Their defense is going to be improved. Ron Rivera is going to have those guys playing the right way. And their offense got a bit better as well. And I think that's the main thing that the commanders need to focus on in the offseason is getting a decent quarterback. And I know Carson Wentz isn't 
a stud or anything like that, but he's better than what they had last year, and that's going to be just fine for them because they got the weapons on that side as well. Division winner in the NFC East. Will we see a different team for the like 20th straight year? I don't think so because I don't remember you saying the Cowboys. No, I still have the Cowboys here. 13-4, and four, getting the three seed. I, I agree with everything you said, but I don't think that's going to affect their regular season at all. We've seen it all these years in a row, except for when Dak got hurt. Uh, five and one in the division. I do think they get, spoiler alert, they're going to get bounced really fast in the playoffs, but uh, it's built for the regular season. They have guys who take the ball away. They don't care about how many yards they give up in the regular season. Yeah. I have the Eagles winning the division at the four spot. However, the four spot pretty hefty here in the nfc i have them going 12 and 5 i really like this eagles team they got super good offense i don't want to say super good but it's a lot it's improved i'll say that they got aj brown i think jalen hurts is gonna make a big jump this year and their defense is a lot more sure than it was the past year and they added jordan davis bunch of rookies on this on that side as well as well as uh veteran corner james bradbury uh that team is it's solid, and I think the Eagles are going to go 12-5 and five and win the division and do the NFC East thing of having a team not consecutively win the division for however many years it's been. Let's go on to the North now, I believe. All right. Uh, it's got to be the Bears last, right? Yeah, the Bears are 3-14 and 14 here. Uh, they haven't done anything to help out their quarterback, and I don't want to you know, make any assumptions, but I've seen this – tune played before because we have done it many times where uh you have all this trust in your young quarterback you think he can deal with all the crap around him and you end up breaking him and i hope it doesn't happen with justin fields but uh that's what it seems like is going to happen at least this year yeah uh justin fields i feel so bad for him uh the bears are the fourth spot for me there's no hiding that they're one in 16 in my picture here. Uh, and I saw something saying about how I think it was Theo Ash. He's a TikTok dude, but he actually makes pretty good TikToks as far as NFL goes. And he was talking about how, like, this is a big year for those year two quarterbacks. And if those guys like Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, maybe even Trey Lance, because he's kind of in a little bit of a different scenario where he hasn't, mm. didn't really play last year. If they don't make significant strides this year, then that's the point where they kind of start questioning, is this really the guy? But I think Justin Fields, I think he's going to have a decent year, even going one and 16 and bad, good players can still stand out on bad teams is the point I'm trying to make. And Justin Fields, I think is going to do that. And uh, we're all going to kind of treat him like how Matthew Safford was in Detroit for a long time, where we just know those guys good, but he's in a shitty situation and the team's terrible. Speaking of the Detroit Lions, yeah. uh, you got them in the three spot? Of course. Yeah, they're 6-11. and 11. Uh, They're going to be a lot better. Uh, I think they're a tier above the Jets and the Jags now, which is cool for them, but uh, they're still not quite there yet. Uh, defense is slowly getting rebuilt, but the offensive line's good. Jared Goff's not bad, uh, and a lot of playmakers. Yeah. I like the Lions team. I think something with the Lions, it's kind of similar to how MLB fans feel about like the Orioles or the Mariners where they just want to see them win because they haven't won in a little while. And Since I don't think 40s. besides, 
Yeah, since the the North, besides the NFC North fans, like the Vikings, Packers, Bears fans, every fan wants to see the Lions do good. I think uh, everybody likes Dan Campbell. Uh, Jared Goff's actually growing on a lot of guys, and they have some pretty fun guys on their offense as well. Uh, however, their team isn't good. They're going five and twelve, uh, two and four in the division. I have those divisional wins coming against the Bears, yeah. uh, so not a shocker there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's go to the second spot in the division. Who do you got here? Yeah, the Vikings. I really like the Vikings this year. Eleven and six, getting the five spot. Kevin O'Connell coming into a team with so you know we talked about the Lions having playmakers. The Vikings have some playmakers here. Dalvin Cook and Jay Jettas just to name two of them. Uh, not quite capping uh, Green Bay here, but uh, they're on the rise for sure. Kyle likes it. I love Minnesota, man. I think this team is going to be amazing. I think they're going to go 12-5 and five and still be second in the division. Yeah. But this team is really, really good. I think Kevin O'Connell is really going to tap into their potential uh, and have a similar offense to the way the Rams do where they just get – they get the ball, their best player over every and over. time. And it's yeah. thing is, is that you look at the Rams offense and they have Cooper cup. Who's that super good guy. But the Vikings have two players that are in the top five to six range in their position with Dalvin cook and Justin Jefferson. I think their offense is going to be unstoppable this year. Defense. By the way, I've drafted both of those guys in two different fantasy leagues. Yeah. Uh, but Vikings five spot. Top wild card. On to the winner of the division. Things never change, even with Devontae Adams gone. The Packers are uh, still one of the division. Skyler, what's your record prediction? Yeah, 13 and four. They're still going to win 13, keep that streak alive. And we'll talk more about Green Bay, of course, you know, throughout here. But Aaron Rodgers is special, man. Another team that's just really built for the regular season. And being in the North helps even more. Yeah, uh, I have the Packers also going 12 and five of uh, a due to tiebreakers. They take the division over the Vikings. It's a three spot in the north. I almost said the east uh, three spot in the north or in the NFC, not the north. Uh, yeah. But this team's solid, man. I think uh, Romeo Dodds or Christian Watson, one of them is going to develop into a number one guy and or maybe not a number one in year one, but a solid receiver to say the least. And their defense is good as well. So 12 and five, they continue to take the division. Let's go to the South now. Falcons finishing in last. Yeah. Four and 13, not going to be great in the division this year. They never really competed with those top dogs uh, through the whole Brady era of the South. And uh, Mariota is bound to get hurt or make a lot of mistakes. So maybe we see some Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I hope we see some Desmond Ritter. I want to see him play. Uh, but I also have the Falcons finishing last. So a little bit worse than what Skyler had them. I have them going 3-14. and 14. Might be a little bit low for the Falcons. I think they're one of the better, worst teams, if that makes sense, uh, of sure. like the Bears, Seahawks, those teams. I think they're a little bit better than them, but they're still going to have the same record uh, as those guys that were 3-14, and 14, super shitty. On to the three spot in the north, south, south, south. South. It's going to be the Panthers at seven and ten. Uh, I'm not upset with the Baker signing, but their roster is so fucked right now. You have two quarterbacks making twenty million dollars. Your best player, at you know, I'll talk more about McCaffrey, but 
hasn't been healthy for years now. Um, I think Matt Rule needs to get fired immediately because he's running this team into the ground. And I just hope that Carolina doesn't accidentally win too many games so they keep him uh, around. That's what happened with the Jets and Adam Gase. And I, like I, I say a lot, I've seen it before. So when uh, I get the warning signs, it it freaks me out a little bit. You said seven and ten, right? Yeah. Gotcha. I I have them going eight and nine, so I think they're going to be a little bit better than what Skyler had them. I like Carolina's roster, uh, and I think it's it's bad, but it's not terrible that they're paying two quarterbacks that much money because of how young their defense is, and they're really not having to pay anybody on defense a significant amount of money quite yet, so they're able to get away with that. Uh, but would do you give Baker a huge contract if they go seven and ten though? Depends. It really does depend uh, on what your opinion is once you get to that spot. Yeah. Uh, but that's a year away, right. not at this point. And uh, I like the the Panthers. I just think that they're not going to be as good as what I maybe hope they are going to be. If CMC is healthy, that's what I'm predicting on right now. This team should be in the running for a playoff spot, but probably not make it. I haven't been in the 10 spot in the NFC. What about the two seed in the north south? south. The Dang it, man. <laughs> Keep on saying it. South. It's going to be the Saints here at eight and nine, a little worse uh, than some people may have them at. I, you know, give them credit for, for kicking the crap out of the Bucks the past couple of years. But uh, Jameis is going to throw a lot of picks this year. I think we got a, a little fluke year before his injury last year. Defense is good, though. Yeah, their defense is solid. Their offense is solid. But Jameis is going to be the guy that weighs this team down a little bit. I, I think there's a potential for Jameis to be good in fantasy. But when you're looking at winning games, he's never he's really been that bombs. guy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I have the Saints finishing at 9-8. and eight. Jameis is going to win them some games. He's also going to lose them some games, though. On to the one spot. Everybody knows who this is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Skyler, what's your record prediction for the 2020? 21 champs yeah 2021 14 and 3 the number one seed in the nfc uh they gonna have to restructure the o-line and if they don't just quick passes but uh that's that's pretty much the only weakness right now uh you know obviously their center is out for the year their right guard retires their right tackle is actually worse so if he's healthy then yeah but just those two guys then uh yeah it's the only weakness for Tampa. Yeah, I have Tampa going 14 and 3 and being the number 1 seed in the NFC and the, having the best record in, in all of the National Football League this year. They uh the weakness is the line like Skyler said in in a couple spots they're not really good there, but like Tom Brady's done his entire career, he gets the ball out in like 2 seconds or less and he's going to be able to run those routes, he's going to have double moves with an amazing wide receiver Group of four, I don't know. That's not a trio because that's three. I don't know what you call a group of four. A quad? Maybe. Quad feed. But, uh, yeah, they're quad feed of Evans, Godwin, Russell Gage, and Julio Jones is a great four. And it's going to – they're going to be amazing. Four, 14 and three. Let's go to the last division of football that we have not predicted yet. That's the NFC West. Uh, pretty obvious here. It's finished in last place. Tell me about the Seahawks. Yeah, they're going to go two and 15. Uh, 
it's going to be rough for the Seahawks fans, but it's going to pay off if you get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So hang in there with Geno and Drew Locke because, you know, those quarterbacks can completely turn around your franchise. I have the Seahawks finished in last two, of course. Uh, I have them going three and 14, 0 and 6 in the division. So the Niners actually beat them twice this year. Uh, but they're not good. It's as simple as that. Let's move on to the three seed in the division. Is it the Cardinals? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cardinals at nine and eight. Uh, I have them five and one in the division, actually. But. Nothing outside of that because I don't trust them. I don't trust them in the second half. I don't like Kyler. Um, sorry. Should have chose baseball. Yeah. I have the Cardinals going 7-10. and 10. Uh, D-hop out for the first six games isn't going to help. Uh, however, they actually have, I would say, an easy schedule. But they have a couple easy games in there. Uh, after that, they're not going to do anything crazy, though. Uh, D-hop isn't going to help that much except for maybe in fantasy terms. Uh, but seven and ten in the tough division is not a terrible record. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the two spot in the division. Who do you got here, Skyler? San Francisco at ten and seven. I think they're the complete opposite of the Cardinals. I have them going one and five in the division, but I trust them more on the road because they can run the ball and they play great defense. I have the 49ers as a two spot in the division here. They're going eleven and six. I think Trey Lance is going to be a solid quarterback. Uh, he's going to have some good games, but he's also going to have some bad games. Uh, he's not this MVP guy that everybody's making him out to be in the Bay Area, but he's also not going to be terrible. And uh, I think he's going to have good games and bad games, just like how a lot of rookie quarterbacks mm-hmm. do. And even though he's in year two, it feels like he's a rookie because of that. Uh, he's Ben Simmons. Just, yeah. yeah. And so 11-6, and six, that's the sixth spot in the NFC. Uh, and... Uh, Talk about the reigning champs. Yeah, the Rams. Uh, they're going to be my four seed here, but 12-5. and five, uh, Another team that's just built for the regular season. As long as Stafford doesn't have a crazy arm surgery, like some people, uh, you know, the Instagram doctors have suggested that he needs. Uh, yeah. The same ones who said Wilson tore his ACL. Uh, they should be just fine here. I have the Rams going 12 and five and one in the division. Uh, it gives them the two C just behind the bucks and NFC. Uh, this is a super complete football team. They lost some guys. They added some new guys in, but they still have the best defensive player in all of football. They still have the offensive player of the year from last year in Cooper cup. And they're going to be a great team. So that concludes the team record predictions. Let's move on to another fun parts where we are doing the awards. Let's start off with coach of the year, Skyler. All right. My coach of the year is going to be Kevin O'Connell from Minnesota. I think uh, this team's going to have a complete turnaround. And this, this is all Kirk Cousins needed, in my opinion. He's good enough. He just needs an offensive coach on his side because he hasn't had one. I like Kevin O'Connell here. He's probably my honorable mention or runner-up, whatever you want to call it there. But I'm going with Mike McDaniel. I think he's just kind of – it's weird to say, but I think he's a bigger name than Kevin O'Connell right now. Mike McDaniel's been getting a lot of traction in the news as far as various stuff in this past year or so. And so 12-5 and record for them I think is outplaying their expectations a little bit more than what the Vikings are going to do this year, even though I have them also at 12-5. and Uh, And Mike McDaniel takes the coach of the year. Comeback player of the year, Skyler. Who do you got? 
I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey because I think he's such a big name that it's similar with your pick too, I guess such a big name that if he does anything good, he's going to make the pro bowl. He's going to have social media all over him. He's going to be a, a, you know, league winner in fantasy. He's got to be the comeback player of the year, even though some people, you know, Brian Robinson comes back and becomes a starter and gets a couple touchdowns. That obviously would be my pick, but we don't know about that. McCaffrey seems a little more, uh, possible yeah uh i'm also going mccaffrey for comeback player of the year if he's healthy he's gonna win this thing he's good enough regardless uh so that's what i'm just betting on his health and i hope it stays that mm-hmm. that he stays healthy offensive rookie of the year these rookie of the year ones are always fun because they're so random yeah uh and i'm gonna go with chris Olave because like we talked about earlier with the saints i think Jameis is just going to be an absolute bomber this year, just throwing deep balls, even if it it loses them the game. Uh, Chris Olave is going to benefit from that. Yeah. It's better than uh, uh, you know, Mariota throwing to London. Sorry. It's true. Uh, I have Olave as my honorable mention. Uh, and Skyler was too scared to put him on here, but I'm going to put him on here. The offensive rookie of the year for me is going to be Breeze Hall. Uh, I know he has that split. <laughs> But Breeze Hall's a great talent, man. Uh, and I know the Jets offensive don't win line awards, isn't anything dude. crazy. Come on. <laughs> but Breeze Hall can change some things over there in the Meadowlands. I almost said East Rutherford, and that was not going to be right at all. Uh, but Breeze Hall for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Let's go to the Defensive Rookie of the Year, Skyler. It's Aiden Hutchinson. This is my only guy I have here. He is, I think... Maybe a similar talent level to uh, Walker from Jacksonville, the number one pick, but everyone loves Hutchinson. Yeah. I also have Hutchinson finishing as defensive rookie of the year. I wanted to go bold here and I put him as an honorable mention, but the team is going to be so bad that he's not going to stand out enough. And that's Shaquan Brisker. Dude was a stud in the preseason. He was making plays, catching passes, deflecting passes, making great tackles. uh, And he's a safety and so he's a, it's a guy up there in Chicago yeah. who's just not going to get a lot of recognition because he is a. Who get a lot of tackles if their defense is on the field the whole game. Yeah. Uh, offensive player of the year, Skyler. Who do you got here? Jay Jettis, Justin Jefferson. It's a big Vikings year. The last time I had a big Vikings year, they made the conference championship game. So, uh, and on Minnesota. I also have Justin Jefferson. I've been a big Justin Jefferson guy ever since I picked him up. And I actually drafted him in fantasy his rookie year, and he went crazy from there. Uh, so I've always been watching him since he was at LSU, and he's fun to watch. He's going to be perfect in that Vikings offense. Defensive player of the year, Skyla, who do you got? I have Micah Parsons here. Uh, I think he's just going to get better and better. Another guy who is just loved by all the writers and the media and the Cowboys are a regular season team. You know, he's going to have his opportunities to rack up the sack and tackle for loss and force fumble, even interception numbers. He plays everywhere. So Michael Parsons. I'm also going with Michael Parsons. Oh. Man, Skyler did not talk about this before. Oh. We just ended up picking the same guys here. Uh, kind of similar to our MVP picks in the baseball predictions yes. for, uh, a couple yes. weeks ago. But Michael Parsons is my defensive player of the year. Let's move on to MVP. Yeah. yeah. Rodgers winning it again. Listen, if he wins 13 games with this roster on offense, 
how could you not give him the MVP, right? Yeah. I also have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> and you can Let's even go. look on there. It, it'll say Aaron Rodgers MVP. I've had that in writing since yesterday. It's kind of fun. I did not think that would happen. We had the exact same stuff, but I guess we think alike on that aspect. Yes, sir. Uh, they go 12-5 with the receiving core that they have as of like the image of it right now where it's yeah. just nobody's out. He's got to be the MVP. He's got to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though they might not do anything in the playoffs – We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. He's got to be the three Pete and BP for the one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. Let's move on to the playoffs now. Uh, We'll do all the halftime stuff towards the end of the episode. Uh, That way we kind of just keep it on the same role and vibe here. Uh, Not switching it back to college football to NFL. So we'll get into the playoffs now. Wild card round, Skyler. Uh, we'll go matchup by matchup. Uh, yeah. So actually, you just give me your first three, uh, and then I'll give my three AFC after that as well. First three winners. Uh, yeah. So the matchup and who's gonna win for the AFC and wild card round. Okay. Uh, four and five seed. Uh, Raiders beating the Colts on the road. The Raiders. Sorry, I didn't word that correctly. Uh, Bengals three seed beating the six seeded Chargers. And the two-seeded Chiefs beating the seven-seeded Broncos. Gotcha. As far as AFC for me, I have Miami at Tennessee. That's a 5-4 game. I have Tennessee winning that game. I'm moving on to the divisional round. I have the Chargers versus the Raiders in the wild card round. Chargers are six. Raiders are three. I have the Raiders winning that game. And then I have Kansas City, the seven-seed at the two-seeded Buffalo, and I think Buffalo finally gets them this time and takes them down uh, and moves on to the divisional round. What about the NFC side of things, Skyler? All right, NFC, I have the four-seeded Rams beating the five-seeded Vikings, unfortunately. The six-seeded Niners upsetting, if you want to call it that, the three-seeded Cowboys once again. Uh, And two-seeded Green Bay beating... What are they? Seven seated Eagles. My wildcard predictions in the NFC. I have the five seated Vikings going into Philly to play the Eagles. That's our four seed. And I have the Eagles actually winning that game there. So the Minnesota hype train does stop there. Unfortunately, I have the Niners going into green Bay again and beating them again, because something with Aaron Rodgers against the Niners just never works out. And so the six seated Niners move on. And then the Commanders go to Los Angeles to play the Rams and get absolutely shelled. Uh, and the Rams move on to the divisional round. Uh, that sets up the divisional round for me and Skyler. Who do yeah. you have in the divisional round and who's winning those games in the AFC? All right. I have Kansas City beating the Bengals at home. Uh, but I, I feel, you know, only four. I've, I don't want to talk about the seeds. Uh, and sorry, Kyle, Buffalo is beating the Raiders in Buffalo. That's a tough one for you guys. Yeah, I also have the Raiders in Buffalo. Uh, I would love for us to win that game, but that seems really tough to do. Uh, And I have Buffalo winning that game, moving on to the AFC Championship. And then I have the Tennessee Titans, the four seed, playing the one-seeded Cincinnati Bengals. And I have Cincinnati winning that and moving to the AFC Championship. 
Uh, what about the NFC side of things and the divisional rounds together? All right. Tampa Bay is going to beat the Niners at home. And the Rams will win in Lambeau. Take down the Packers. Oh. I have the four-seeded Eagles going to the – not the, but to the Rams, uh, which are the two-seed. And I have the Eagles actually winning that game against the Rams and moving into the NFC Championship. As that's a bold prediction there. Got to go bold in something. I decided yeah. it'd be that. And then I have the Niners in Tampa Bay. Uh, and the Niners are going to lose to Tom Brady. Uh, and that sets up a conference championship. Uh, give me your two right now, and then we'll do the Super Bowl together after. All right. Tampa Bay is going to win at home against the Rams. And in the AFC, Kansas City is losing to Buffalo on the road. <laughs> Kansas City, in Tampa Bay. Kansas City, Tampa or, Sorry, Bay. sorry, Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Okay, yeah, that didn't really make sense. Uh, uh, conference championship for me, it's two-seeded Buffalo at the one-seeded Cincinnati Bengals. Since he gets them, and they move to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. And then four-seeded Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa for the Eastern, or not Eastern, geez, NFC Championship game. And I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning that game and moving on. Uh, that sets up a Super Bowl of Cincy. Versus the Buccaneers in Glendale, Arizona, I'm pretty sure. Or yeah. wherever the stadium is over there for the Cardinals. Uh, so the Super Bowl pick. Who is winning the Super Bowl in 2023, early February? Tampa Bay is going to beat the, the Bills here. Come on. The Bills aren't allowed to win Super Bowls. You know, uh, Tampa Bay, the last dance. Some, some joke about plastic surgery, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I also have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. Uh, things just got to go right for them, and I think they are. They they tend to go right for Tom Brady, and uh, he gets his eighth ring or 15th ring or whatever it is at this point. I don't know. Yeah. It's too many to count. I don't I don't know numbers that high. Uh, but me and Skyler both have the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. And we also have the exact same MVP, Depoy, and Opoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our normal halftime stuff, which is some college football. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll just try to run through this quickly because uh, mostly an NFL episode, but college football, Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Baylor, USC, all coasts against bad teams this week. Georgia with a, a huge statement win over ranked uh, – Oregon, and uh, I think this says more about Georgia than it does about Oregon. I think I think Georgia might be the best team in football right now, college football. Um, we'll get more into Stetson Bennett in a second here with our Heisman talk. Uh, so we'll move on. Ohio State shuts down Notre Dame. A uh, little scared about Jackson Smith, Najiba, and C.J. Stroud in the first house. Uh, first house, first half. I'm doing it too. It's just one of those oh, days. Yeah. Maybe because we're on oh, a man. Wednesday. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but uh, CJ Stroud gets it together, has uh, two big drives in the second half. They get it done. Uh, Florida winning over Utah at home. They're now ranked 12. Anything else you want to shout out there before we get into Heisman talk? I'm all good. All right. Uh, we'll do a quick top five Heisman. They're all quarterbacks right now. Uh, 
because those were the ones who are most important this week. Number one, I still have Bryce Young from Alabama. Six total touchdowns against Utah State, playing Texas next week. Number two, Stetson Bennett, 368 yards, two touchdowns, two touchdowns against Oregon. Uh, this is amazing. I know he's had a couple years in the SEC now, but a guy that we thought was a write-off, uh, an A.J. McCarron, uh, you know, is, is looking like a legit quarterback right now. doesn't matter about the system. He's making throws on the run, which is exciting. Uh, number three, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. 225 and two touchdowns only, but it was against probably a top five defense in the FBS, Notre Dame. Number four, I got Anthony Richardson from Florida, 270 total yards, three rushing touchdowns. We'll keep an eye on him, especially this week. And number five, Caleb Williams from USC, 250 yards, two touchdowns. And for now, that's the Heisman watch. We'll get into more detail as we go on because, you know, if someone has six sacks against uh, Utah Valley, uh, it doesn't really mean the same uh, as, uh, you know, a division rival. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> and one more thing about college football we got to talk about. The college football playoff expected to expand to 12 teams as early as 2024, likely 2026. Uh, I know you don't like it as much, Kyle, but let me try to give you my pitch here. All these games would be the other bowl games, the Rose Bowl, Fiesta, Sugar. I feel like if it was considered a playoff game, less of the top plot prospects would opt out. That's what I'm thinking right now. Maybe. Uh, however, the money just isn't there in college. and I think at that point, that's what people got to have the priorities on. And so I think regardless, there's still going to be a lot of those main guys that are still opting out of their bowl games and doing all that stuff. However, it is cool to kind of see some more teams get recognition into the playoffs. I think eight teams would have been ideal because there's still going to be a ton of blowouts. I mean, we even see one those one versus four games every single year are usually terrible games. It's usually just Alabama or Georgia or Clemson just blowing out with whatever the four seed was. And uh, now we're just going to see one blowout, 12, we're going to see one blowout, seven or eight, whatever it is, and probably do the – End up with one and two in the championship game every single year. That is likely. Yeah. Let's All go right, ahead and move uh, on yeah. to and after our bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End of yeah, yeah. end of uh, the fifth quarter, I guess. Let's go to <laughs> let's go to I guess overtime. How about that? Yeah. Uh, let's get to our layups and bowl predictions, and let's get on out of here. Uh, it was a rough week for our bets last week. Uh, I had. The one that did hit, though, I had Bama minus 41 and a half versus Utah State. They won 55 to nothing, so we're all good there. Skyler had number seven, Utah minus three versus Florida. Uh, Utah lost that game, so that obviously didn't hit. This week, I have the Niners minus seven versus the Bears. Niners good. Bears really bad. That's all you need to know. Niners minus seven. I'm going to go with Kentucky plus five and a half at Florida. Uh, maybe a bad idea to fade Florida again at home. But uh, Kentucky's really good, too. They're ranked 20th. And yeah. uh, I think they can cover a touchdown. Sure. Uh, last week in the bowl prediction department, I had Cincy over Arkansas. Uh, Cincy did not look as good as I expected them to. They probably should have. I mean, they came a little bit closer, but uh, they only lost by a possession or two. Uh, and then Skyler had number 11, Oregon, over number three, Georgia. We don't need to talk about that one anymore. Yeah, and they lost by 45. Uh, this week, I have the Seahawks over the Broncos on Monday Night Football. I think the Seattle fans are going to be ruthless to Russell Wilson, and he's going to crumble. 
in that environment. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to your bowl prediction this week, Skyler. Who do you got? Yeah, Baylor against BYU. Um, to have a, a team like Baylor rank so high as an underdog uh, is crazy to me. I'm I'm all over this. BYU doesn't have Zach Wilson anymore. Uh, you know, they're not going to be able to keep up with Baylor's offense. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode 104. I know it was a bit of a long one, but we had to talk about some things this week uh, with all the NFL stuff. And I'm sure everybody enjoyed that. Uh, next week, we're going to do week one recap. So happy that we have yeah. those back. And a uh, new uh, new song, maybe. Yeah, uh, should be a new song for the intro. So stay tuned. Keep your ears peeled for that or open. Yeah. Uh, I know your eyes peeled is the same, but you can you can peel your ears, I guess, too. Uh, Heisman watch as well, of course. Maybe some baseball stuff as we get later into September into the season. You ready for and, some uh, week one overreactions, Kyle? Exactly. I'm Zach so Prescott is the MVP, that kind Shut of up. stuff. Shut <laughs> up. All right. We'll see you in episode 105, which will be the beginning of year three for Max. Yes, Joe Flacco is elite. Shut up.